Hi, are you sick and tired of paying hundreds of dollars a month for cable or dish? GNR TV is your answer. These guys have an incredible 100% legal product that is a cord cutter's dream. For as low as $25 a month, you will get over 400 HD channels, including all major sports packages, pay-per-views, premium movies, and entertainment. To get started, all you need is a streaming device, such as an Amazon Fire Stick, internet, and a desire to save a ton of cash. No contracts, no credit checks, no hidden fees. I myself have been a subscriber, and I must say, this service is amazing. To learn more, search GNR TV on Facebook or Instagram, and I will also be posting a link on my pages to check out on my podcast website. Lastly, for first-time subscribers, use promo code SIRS30 to save $5 for your first month. GNR TV, streaming done right. Let's get slicing and dicing with Sir Sturdy Horror fans. On this podcast, you will hear me and a guest do some movie reviews, random funny horror chats, and whatever else comes to mind. So tune in, kick back, relax, and always remember, I'll see you in your nightmares. Well, just Jason's mask. How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Another episode of Horror Research 30. Today I have Whitney with me and Mia. How are you two doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm happy to have you guys on. I'm glad that you... I'm very happy to be here. Oh, yes, yes. And I'm so happy for the feedback I got back from that video, the trailer I did the other day. That was fun. It was my first time doing that. I I actually YouTubed and Googled how to do it because I was like, how the hell do these people do these reactions (laughs) while they're watching it? And have them both recorded, so I'm like, okay. It was a lot easier than I thought it was, and then, you know, I just took it from there. But it was a great freaking time, and I did really enjoy the trailer. Yay! Yeah, we, we really loved that video. It was really cool. Yeah, it was, it was fun. It was, it was a fun time, and Whitney, you said you were the girl in the trailer, correct? I was. Or, uh, yeah, I was. Uh, Josh Graves, who is uh, the producer... And Zach Bryant, who is also co-writing along with Josh and I, we have like a little group chat and we were talking about doing a teaser for it. And we knew that we wanted to um, present it like a commercial, like, you know, of of a travel destination. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we knew that we also wanted the, the VHS creepy factor in there. So we were kind of brainstorming and they both know that I have the morgue table that's in my dining room. (laughs) That's interesting. (laughs) So we were just like, okay, what if I just, you know, kind of do a a bound and gag kind of thing, throw in some blood and do it like a found footage aspect. And that's what we just, I, I just can't, I just kind of winged it. Um, and I sent it to, I did like three different videos and, and Josh kind of composed it and put it all together. So it, it really came out the way that we had visioned. So that's awesome. I enjoyed it though. It was, it was funny. Like I like how it started all happy, go lucky and then boom, craziness and then back to happy. <laughs> so I had to like, 
I had to watch the trailer a couple times just to kind of figure out because I had no idea what I was going to say. I never do. I just freestyle everything. I can't script it. And I was like, I got to kind of get the energy of it. And then I'm like, all right, I think I have it. And just I can't tell you how many times I recorded over and over and over. And then editing that. Oh, my God. That takes forever, as you guys probably know. <laughs> and this has been fun. Yeah. It was. Like, I enjoyed every single second of it. But it was just like, I think I came up. I think that whole thing, it was like, what, 14-minute video? It took me like four hours to do. And the main thing oh was. Oh, my God. Um, the, the you longest, spent four hours on us? How sweet. Yeah. And the, the <laughs> toughest part for me was the um, editing, the, the like, lining up the audio of me talking about the the trailer with the trailer playing that was the hardest part because i had to get it like exact and i'm just like yeah. come on it's just like a, a half a second off not even but i had to keep messing with it but it was i had a great time i can't wait to do another one yeah i i thought you i mean i wouldn't have known that that was your first time doing it i mean you you know yeah, it definitely it. seems like you've done it before i appreciate that You're, you were very confident very natural I appreciate mm -hmm. that. I just, like, I mean, as far as YouTube videos, I've been doing those on and off for actually for a few years, if you want to go back to my old YouTube random channel. But as far as videos like that, like, I've never done that type of thing before with the trailers. And I always wanted to. I always wanted to do, like, those live reaction type things. And I'm like, it's, it's so fun, but it has to be hard as hell to get it perfectly lined up. And it is and it isn't, I guess. If it's something you have fun doing, it's not that big of a deal, but it's... It's it's time consuming, like I said. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, I can feel your pain as far as editing goes with a movie because you know you write down certain frames and timestamps and that kind of thing when you're piecing all that together, and it is it's a nightmare. <laughs> but it's worth it in the end. So. Yeah. Do you have fun doing it though? I do have fun doing it because it's a passion for me. Um, but, you know, there is a level of frustration, like you were talking about, when you have that, that tiny little blip that you want just right. Uh, but, you know, at, at the end, I just kind of keep in my head that it's, it's part of the process and trust the process. And at the end of the day, me and I talked about that last night is, you know, it is a grueling ordeal. But when you get to the end of it and you see what what started out as an idea and you get see the fruition and and how it turns out that that's all I care about I don't mm -hmm. the money is not an aspect I don't care about the money mm -hmm. as a lot of people know in the indie community uh, most people don't get paid um it just really depends on your campaigns and how well they do but a lot of people just volunteer their time for the love of passion Mm -hmm. of the genre or um the script the whole aspect of it and that's why i do what i do i hear you there it's honestly i mean different worlds as far as movies and podcasting go but it's similar in a sense the indie part mm -hmm. i'll say is because for me i spent way more money on this podcast than i've ever made because i haven't made a dollar yet but at the same time i've met so many cool people and had so many cool experiences that money couldn't buy so it's it's a win-win in a sense. I mean, because I get to, I'm getting to talk to you two who are going to be stars in a movie, which I think is awesome. And I, I woke up to an email this morning. I was telling my wife about it, and this guy listened to my podcast that I just dropped yesterday. And he just said how he loved the energy on the show and all this stuff. 
Never heard of him before. He just listened to the podcast, so that was awesome. And he has his own show, which I'm going to check out. And just, like, stuff, I love stuff like that. Like, I don't, I don't do it for feedback, but when I get that positive, that cool feedback or something, like, I listen to your show and I had a good time, whether it's funny or I watch your videos or the YouTube trailers and all that, or I'm going to check this movie out because you guys recommended it. That's awesome to me. And, and that's the most important. That's the most important thing about what what we all do, about what Josh does, about what Whitney does, about what I do, and what you do. I don't give a shit about the money. I don't give a shit about the um, the notoriety. What I care about is is making stuff for people that they'll enjoy and that they'll come to me and say, "Hey, I really like this." Like that's when all that hard work and all that um, resilience that all of us have really pays off. Exactly. You're so true. You're so right about that. I guess I'm going to ask you that generic question now. <laughs> who, who, who or what got you two into horror? And what's the one movie that scared you as a kid? Whitney, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, for me, it all started when I was 10 years old. Um, fortunately, I was never really sheltered as a mm-hmm. child. Um, my parents pretty much let me do whatever I wanted, which was, as I look back now, <laughs> kind of was a good thing, kind of was a bad thing. But at 10 years old, my very first horror movie that I ever watched was Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, and I knew at that moment that I wanted to somehow be involved in the industry. And my my parents observed the passion that I started to develop for it. I would go in my room as a child and write these scripts and I would set up like stuffed animals and like that. And like I was directing my own movie or that kind of thing. And then as I got older, like I would make my neighborhood kids (laughs) (laughs) make them do a movie that I written a script for, but it, it just grew and grew. And my parents just kind of embraced it and let me watch anything that I wanted to. I will say at this point, um, I've never seen a movie that has scared me, quote unquote. Okay. Um, I've had movies that have impacted me, that have made me think. Um, I, I was just very lucky that I... I had the freedom to watch those movies that young. Um, and and even now, it's, you know, I, I do have, there are other things aside from horror, but any given day, I will, you know, I, I, in my hap- that's my happy place is, mm-hmm. is horror. And it, it just kind of grew for me over time. And there were, my parents thought that straight out of school that that's kind of what I would immediately go to. I didn't. Um, I was wild and partying and doing all kinds of stuff. And it was always in the background, but I never thought because I live in a small town that I would have the capability to get into the industry as, as a child. You know, you're growing up and you think that you have to be in L.A. or New York, a bigger city. Yeah. And that has changed a lot over the years, um, obviously. But uh, I had a kid. um, And then I 
started working and then, you know, it was still always there. And then finally around 2011, uh, I couldn't shake it. I was like, I felt that it was calling me in a sense. And one of my good friends at the time, we decided to start a production company and we, we wrote a script that was called Deadlines. Um, it's kind of a Stephen King vibe. Uh, we finished it finally. And it was recently purchased by Wild Eye Releasing. Nice. It, they ended up changing the name because they didn't think Deadlines sounded horror enough. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Um, but anyway. And then it just kind of grew from like there. Title. Yeah, it grew there. I I do the horror gore modeling for a group called Gorgeous. Um, it and it just really kind of exploded at that point. Um, so I've I'm grateful for uh, having the ability to work with some really amazing people. Um, especially like me and I were talking last night when. Ironically, how this whole movie came about was a friend of mine named Brett Mullen. I'm not sure if you've heard of him. Um, he has made some awesome movies that have won awards. Uh, Bloody Ballet just recently won quite a few awards on the circuit, on the con circuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bombshell Bloodbath. Anyway, he's a good friend of mine, and he recommended me to Josh. And this film originally was going to be a fan film based on Halloween. Oh. That's how it all started. <laughs> and I didn't it even was, know that. Yeah, we were working on it, and we were, the working title was The Shape of Haddonfield. Um, I was going to be a female Michael Myers. I love um, But as we started talking, and putting our thoughts and ideas together, that's when it changed into Red Summer Massacre. Um, So we pushed uh, the shape of Haddonfield kind of on the back burner. But as, as we started putting this together and our ideas, everything just fell into place as far as our cast. Um, It's like me and I talked about last night. I couldn't have asked for, any better cast members to be in this movie. And um, I think that's something that we, we all, all all agree on too. Like none of us have met yet, but all of us, we just, we adore each other. And we can tell that when we start filming this movie, lifelong friendships are going to be made out of it. Like it couldn't have happened any more naturally and any more better. The, the chemistry from the moment we started pulling um, Mia in, Julie, Brittany, uh, Crystal, Samantha. When we started pulling all of these people in, the chemistry was mm-hmm. on point. I mean, it was it was just, it was magic. And a- as a, a co-writer and that, looking at it from that aspect, you know, people who do make movies don't get that lucky. They have to go through tons of audition tapes and and that kind of thing and we at this point we still have a few roles that we cast but our main cast is wrapped because it's the place 
I like that. I like that a lot, how you guys came together and just all the positive energy. That's it's, it's unreal. It, it's, Especially amongst the cast of all females. Like that's, that's also very rare to find a, a, like a cast of all females who are, um, big personalities who are not catty to one another. That's fucking amazing that we can all do that and not be catty and just all just admire each other. That's mm-hmm. yeah. That's really, we're all good. blessed in that sense. That's Absolutely. really good. Same questions for you, Mia. Who or what got you into horror okay. and acting? Well, <laughs> it starts with three people. It's my dad, my aunt Sam, and my brother. I was very, very, very young. So I was about four or five. And um, mind you, I'm 22 years old. So some of the, the best horror movies of the 90s and 2000s were already out when I was a kid. And the first movie I remember watching was Jeepers Creepers. My dad sat me on his lap and held my eyes open through the whole movie. And I was fucking terrified. But I loved that feeling of fear and that feeling of excitement and, um, like, the adrenaline that you get from those movies. Mm-hmm. Um, same with my aunt. She's she's to blame for the monster that I am today, as everyone calls it. Uh, she was the one who uh, introduced me to Scream. And that was my favorite movie all through my childhood, all through high school. It's just, it's, it's gory. It's fun. It's not afraid to make fun of itself. And it has, it has something that you don't really see much in horror back then. Uh, Strong female leads who aren't afraid to kick ass, take what's theirs and, um, and just overcome anything that's thrown at them. And that's what I love about horror. And that's what I want to be is the female empowerment sense. Uh-oh. I was talking to myself and I didn't realize that, um, that Skype crashed for a second. Oh. Yeah. yeah what did you guys hear? We heard you talking about the female empowerment um, from Scream, and that's what you want. That's what led you. Yeah, that that's that's what led me to that is because it's not something that you see so much. It's it's a very male dominated industry, and it's a very male dominated world. And to have strong female leads, it's I think it's important to uh, younger girls who are like entry level to horror, just just beginning to come into the horror industry and uh, the horror world. I think it's something that's really cool and badass. I agree with that. I agree with that, and I respect that. Um, I like it just from all different aspects, honestly, with the horror coming from different, you know, different genders, different different um, races, yeah, 100%. everything, different backgrounds and all that. I like also, how... Also, the horror, the horror community is one of the most loving coolest most down-to-earth communities i think i've ever found and that's something that also draws me to it they're very supportive and very loving and um there's just so much opportunity there too i think and i think a lot of that for me especially like we were talking earlier about the convention circuit and i i do spend a lot of my time on the convention circuit whether it's um promoting a movie or, or the modeling or whichever, but you see these people over and over again. Mm-hmm. And the bonds that you build with the cane hotters and, mm-hmm. and those kind of people, 
are priceless in in my opinion. Um, and, and you could be having the shittiest week ever, but knowing that weekend you're going to be at a convention, you're going to get to see these people and you know, it's immediate as the last one that I was with, uh, that I saw Kane was at scares that care, which is a big one in Virginia and all of the proceeds that they do go to cancer victims, burn victims. It's, it's insane that, that that community, um, that they're able, I think last year they made $40,000 and they split it up into four families. It, That's it's awesome. crazy. That's incredible. Um, it's, but as soon as I got there, I was getting my, my press passes and, um, vendor passes and all that stuff. And Kane was walking out and he was like, Oh my God, I haven't seen you in a couple of months. And he just like, <laughs> give me a big hug. And it's, you you just learn like we go out to dinner and we hang out and it's not it's not weird no i mean everybody just yeah. embraces each and, other and that's yeah and that's what i love about it especially in the indie community because you you just grow to build these friendships and bonds with people and you know that it's genuine. It's not fake. It's everybody's there for the same purpose and everybody is building each other up. It's, it's not a competition. Um, you just, there's like Mia said, there's lifelong friendships that you make and those you can, it's irreplaceable as far as I'm concerned. And also who just doesn't love straight up blood, sex and violence. I mean, it's great. (laughs) It's America. (laughs) (laughs) That's another perk to it, too. Yeah, you're right about that. And back to what you were saying about the horror community being so friendly, it's hands down probably one of the friendliest communities. And it seems strange because from the the outside looking in, you're like, you guys watch these crazy ass movies, Uh but you're so friendly. It's like, yeah, we're not doing this stuff, really. We're just watching it and enjoying it and laughing at it. But, um, that was like my my first meeting with Bill Mosley. You see this guy in movies like bludgeoning people with pistols, cutting faces off, and just doing the most vile shit. But when you meet him, like I, I had a bagel and coffee with him, and we just talked about food for thirty minutes. And he was the most loving, coolest person I've ever met. And it's like you see them do that stuff mm-hmm. in movies, but you forget that it's just a movie. And exactly. that they're real life people with real life feelings, and they're and they're the most down to earth people you'll ever meet. Exactly. And he is hilarious. He is fucking hilarious. Oh my god. Yeah. Just um, to hear him talk is, and and just to have a conversation with him, you can always depend on him to make you laugh. Or uh-huh. he's. He is one of my favorite people ever. I adore him. I adore Bill. I adore Sid. I adore Sherry. Those are my three favorite people. I love the Rob Zombie movies, and they're all beautiful people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a big plus with the um, going to these cons. You get to meet them, and then I love meeting the other fans that are really, really yeah. into it. Like I've been to I've been to a few comic cons, and I've been to the horror conventions. I enjoy both, don't get me wrong, but I feel like everybody that goes to a horror convention actually wants to be there. I'm talking about the fans only. But I feel like the yeah. Comic-Cons, it's either a boyfriend or a girlfriend was dragged there. They're just going for brownie points. They're not necessarily going because they want to be there. And you can, <laughs> you can kind of feel the energy from it because, like, 
what for example with like horror conventions i've been to so many and it's like i'll just be in line talking to a fan about a random horror movie something that nobody's ever heard of and somebody mm-hmm. in that line's heard of that movie and you're just like oh yeah i did see that it was a funny movie this that and the third hey what do you what else do you what else do you recommend and all that i just i love the community i love the community i feel like it's the best strongest community and nobody judges you on again like i said race gender anything mm-hmm. they, nobody cares about that you might bring it up as far as like oh you know this is my background but nobody's like oh well because you're this you shouldn't hang out with us mm-hmm. it's like oh well come sit down have some pizza and watch this guy get his head uh-huh. cut off with us i wish yeah. people were like that too honestly <laughs> the world has a lot to learn from the hard community <laughs> it's so true <laughs> they really do <laughs> such a fun friendly community and then again like i said i have this podcast i've had so many different people on here and then just meeting so many different people at these cons, everybody with the same interest. And then I love working with like the indie horror community. I love promoting that. And I love working with that because I'm like, we can help each other build. Cause we're, I'm independent myself as far as this goes. So it's like, why not help yeah. everybody else out? Why not help promote these movies and these trailers and all that? And it's fun doing it at the same time. Yeah. The thing about the indie, the indie community that is so important to me and why I'll always support indie horror over Hollywood horror because Hollywood horror is like, here, here's another remake that nobody asked for. And then the indie community is like, here's this crazy fucking original idea. It may seem silly, but it's going to be badass. That's my favorite thing about indie is, is the creativity from, from everybody, from the directors, producers, um, writers and actors. It's, I think it's very special. I agree. And then with that, it's fans of the actual genre. Like Hollywood, I'm not going to say everybody, but for the most part, I'm feeling Hollywood is not necessarily a fan of it. It's just like, okay, well, I know yeah. they're going to watch this because it's a money grab. And then you have a fan yeah. a fan film or indie film. And like, well, look, I'm a fan of this genre. I want to make this movie. Because it's, from my understanding, I could be wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, but from my understanding, a lot of the fan films and a lot of the indie films is straight out of your guys' pocket. So it's not like you're getting a big yeah. budget for someone to come in and pay for it to do it. <laughs> Yeah, most of the time it is. So you have to care about it. and our own money. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we can do campaigns and you can make a lot of money, but until you get into the budgeting process of it, um, and that kind of goes back to what I was saying, you know, a lot of people just do this and volunteer their time because for the love of the industry. Um, and, and you can set out to say, you know, I want to, I have X amount of dollars that I want to make. And, and in the back of your head, you do always want to try to, you know, pay everybody, Mm -hmm. but that usually isn't the case in, in this world. So, um, we're again, you know, we're very fortunate to have, um, such a phenomenal cast and, you know, a, a lot of a lot of us are just doing it because we believe in it and yep. the idea behind it. And that, for me, again, is what keeps me pushing forward. Um, if, if you have somebody showing up that day that, you know, want, yeah, I want to be in the movie, but then they have like an attitude or they're pissed off because they're not getting paid, but it, for them, it's just another credit on their resume. Mm-hmm. I, I would much rather have someone who is going to be in my movie who understands that they might not get paid, but they love it and they believe about it and they're passionate about it. 
And, and that's one of the first things that I thought of when Josh approached me about this movie. Obviously, it's indie. Obviously, it's it's everybody. Well, not everybody. It's most of us. It's our first big, legit project, especially for me. So in the back of my head, I, I don't give a fuck if I'm getting paid. I don't give a shit about the money. What I care about is the experience, the fun, the friendships, filming, script readings, all of that. That That's getting paid to me. The mm-hmm. feedback from the horror community, the, the um, crazy immense amount of love and support I've gotten from the horror community since I've been announced in this movie is something that's priceless to me. So I don't care about a check. I care about the project, the passion, and the creativity behind it, and the outlet for me to do something that I love and potentially have it open other doors for me that lead to other places in the future. But I am so incredibly grateful for Whitney, Zach, and Josh for all seeing something in me and um, wanting me to be a part of, of of their baby because this is their film. So that that is something very important to me. See, well, we, the, we knew that we had to have you, so. You <laughs> made the, a good choice. The, the cool yes, thing about did. that is what, with that type of attitude, I feel you'll go a lot further along than if you're just at it for, like, a check. Because if you're at it for a check for anything you're doing, like, that you say you have a passion for, you're not going to mm-hmm. – you already know you're not going to make money at first from it. Yeah. There's going to yeah. be – it could be year. It could never happen. It could be years before it happens, before that big break happens. But it's like, if you're going into it looking for that big break, that big check from like your first one or two things where you have no experience, it's not going to happen. You're going to lose yeah. passion and you're going to quit. And that's no matter what you do. But with that positive passion, where you're like, I'm just in it for the passion of it. I love doing this. I want to learn as much as I can and absorb as much as I can yeah. and help sit on the sidelines, whatever I have to do to be in this and be involved. I want to do that. And eventually 100%. that takes you a lot further. And a lot and, of people. And that's see what that. this is for me. It's it's a big. This is my first time in in front of a camera, in front of a, a sound guy, in front of the director, in front of another cast. I've I've done other things like I've done a lot of theatrical plays, um, but acting is something that's so natural for me. So I'm not so concerned about it. Um, there's this thing called the Christopher Reed syndrome. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's. Um, I had, I don't know if anyone knows this, but I auditioned for Blumhouse's remake of The Craft and Terrifier 2, and um, I turned down both of them because I didn't want my first thing to be something so big because I'm so, I'm so naive, I'm, but I'm also eager. I didn't want to go on camera for a big production for the first time and not give it my 100% all. I wanted to like put my foot in the water and kind of test it out. So Red Summer Massacre is is uh, is that for me? It's a learning experience, and it's it's something I'm so fucking excited for, dude. I can't even put it into words. I'm excited for it too. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> I can't wait for you to see it. Just from the trailer alone, I was like, "This is gonna be some crazy, interesting shit," and I'm gonna enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's definitely going to be. Uh, we have. This is going to have something that every horror fan loves. It's uh-huh. going to be the slasher gore factor. It's also going to have some monster elements to it. And then on top of all that, it's going to be a huge, like a, a psychological mindfuck. Oh, wow. So we're throwing in everything. Um, yeah. 
and it's it's going to be intense and it's going to be crazy. That's yeah, when Whitney told me that last night, I I got so fucking excited. I'm like, what 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 horror movies are there that has something from every subgenre that every horror fan enjoys? I'm like, there really isn't a lot of movies like that if you think about it. I yeah. can't even think of one myself right now, but <laughs> you're right. You're right. And that 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 just sounds interesting. And I'm as soon as I seen that trailer, I was like, okay, when is this coming out? I gotta, I gotta see this movie. <laughs> yeah, we're I'm now the the hardest part is it, we have it all pretty much. Um, myself and Josh are very visual people, so um, when we we had a Skype call the other night and we're throwing all of our ideas out there. And once we started talking, it really just started writing itself. Um, Zach is the guy who was putting pen to paper. Uh, but after we had, had hashed it all out, I, I got chills. I mean, I was like, it's, it's been a long time since I have felt that fire and passion um, when writing a script. And just having that element, everybody coming into place, um, this, I mean, we really have a trifecta and I couldn't have asked for anything better. Just, just everybody's input has been positive. I haven't had any negativity. Um, and we knew that we wanted to do something that was different and throwing in all three of those elements we knew that that was our our focus at the end so um we all like I was responsible for the character development and the outline um Josh kind of had the overall picture in his head Zach had uh, kind of like the the technicality piece of it mm-hmm. and once we just kind of came together and and started putting it into words, it just happened. Um, and it, it's, it's beautiful. It's in my eyes, it's beautiful. <laughs> so. I'm just, I'm always excited for these. Like when I get somebody on here that's talking about their movie, that's getting ready to come out. I'm just like, I cannot wait to see it. Hurry up and get it done. I know it doesn't work like that. I know it doesn't work like that at all. <laughs> We're like, me and I were talking last night, and we were like, can we just do this tomorrow? Tomorrow? Uh-huh. I was like, can I please have my fucking script so I can just start reading all this, please? Like, Well, and honestly. one of our, our things that we're doing, though, is that Josh and Zach and I had decided that after, you know, right now, a lot of our characters don't know exact details as far as... I don't know anything. Character. Because I know, we, I know very little. <laughs> we we are intentionally wanting this to be a surprise. Um, it's not like they're going to show up the day before, you know, we're going to hand them the script. That's not where we're going with it. But we, um, what we have, have pieced together for each of our cast members, um, we want that surprise element and there's not a doubt in my mind that when our scripts go out that every single one of our cast members is going to be like, holy fuck. Like, I'm, I'm so bad with surprises too. So <laughs> I've been messaging Whitney all week and I'm like, hey, 
oh, what can you tell me? What's going on? What are you guys doing? What's my character? Come on, tell me. And she's like, I can't tell you anything. Oh, that's rough. <laughs> they'll, they'll know very, very soon. As soon yeah. as we go through the final edit of the script, you'll you'll know very, very soon. But um, I, everybody's going to love it. So, and And like Mia had talked earlier, I mean, we we have a female dominant cast, and that is again something that you don't see in mm-hmm. today's horror, and even in the past. So that was something that we knew at the beginning that we wanted, and again, the people that we have brought in, it's it's perfect. So we really we is. have a. a a great group of some kick-ass girls and I just know I feel it in my gut like we had talked about earlier Mia you and I uh, that we're both very intuitive and we go with our gut feelings and when we had our first conversation as far as cast goes I had that feeling and I knew at that moment this is right mm-hmm. and this, this was meant to be so and that's how I felt about this movie from the minute Josh approached me about it. And then I started meeting and talking to all the girls and everyone involved. My gut was like, this is special. This is going to be something important. It's going to be something big. It's going to be something magical. And that's that's really my, my hopes for this film. I, and I hope that translates on screen as well, that... We're all very passionate about this project, and it's something that a lot of us really do love and care for. I, <clears throat> I'm glad that um, I was invited to this group. Friend Lance, yeah. he he invited me to it, and I went to it right away. Invited some friends, and I was checking it out. And I eventually came up on the trail, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I, was like, I definitely want to see what's going on <laughs> with this thing. I have to figure this. I got to see this." Yeah. Can I tell you how much I loved your reaction video? I watched it like six times, and every time my name popped up on the screen, you're like, hey, that's Mia. I'm going to have her on the show. There's Sydney. I'm going to have her on the show. I was like, this is so fucking cool. Oh, like, it was awesome. just so cool. That's awesome. I, I told you that last night, Aaron. My, my dad had come out, and it was crazy because I was showing my dad. He hadn't seen the, the trailers either, so I had pulled it up on our big screen, and... I, I was showing him your review of it, and my dad is laughing the whole time at the reactions <laughs> that you're doing, Aaron. Oh, I love that. And when Whitney's the on the table. <laughs> and at the end of it, he's like, oh, my God, there's your name, and da-da-da. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, my favorite thing about the first one you did for the first trailer is Whitney was laying on the table, and you're like, oh, oh, what's going on here? <laughs> Oh, what's happening here? <laughs> you, you go out to Red Summer and you're just laying on a table in your bra and underwear covered in blood. This is not fun. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. I mean, because like I said before, it looks like a good, it looks like a fun time. You know, the whitewater rafting, fishing, and camping, oh. and then it just goes for, to a dark turn. And then the funny thing about it is it turns back into that commercial. And I'm oh. like, I, I just love that. I think that's something, too, that I love in horror. Um like, you know in those movies where they have, like, slow-motion death scenes or, like, or like someone's fighting the killer in slow motion and, and they're about to die, but they have a really upbeat, 
happy song playing in the background oh, to a hilarious. really terrible mm-hmm. situation. That yeah. is something I fucking love in horror. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what that trailer did. It, it took something upbeat, positive, happy, and fun, and then boom, <laughs> serious shit. So Fucked true. Up stuff happening. <laughs> Getting back to normal like it never happened. It's so freaking brilliant. true. Josh was the mastermind behind that. I mean, we we talked about the footage that we wanted to establish, mm-hmm. and he he put it all together. And was that it, his voice in the trailer? It is his voice. Okay, I thought so. I was like, <laughs> this is definitely Josh. <laughs> yep, that's his voice. And it to to see him and then hear his voice, uh-huh. like it. It kind of doesn't match. You yeah, know, it doesn't. Because it's you see, like, like you this badass horror guy, and then all of a sudden you're watching the Red Summer trailer, and he's like, once you get here, you'll never want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I love Josh. Josh, I love you. I'm not making fun of you. I promise. <laughs> Is there going to be another trailer? Uh, we are going to film a like a proper full length trailer, not just a teaser, which is what the other two are. Um, we have uh, pretty much established our DP, which is have you done that? kind of what we were looking for before we went any further. Um, we had looked at several people, um, and we found one who is in Virginia. And by the way, the whole movie is going to be shot on my farm, oh, um, yeah. which is 400 acres. I have like a two acre pond that is right in front of my house. Nice. Um, so all like I had sent them establishing shots of, of the barns and, you know, my property and whatnot. And then that's how, we kind of put it all together. So then we, we knew the next thing was to find the DP. So we, we pretty much think that we have him locked down. And now that we have him and we know he's in Virginia, he's fairly close to, uh, Zach lives about an hour for me. And then Josh is in North Carolina, but he's, I think like three hours. Okay. So I'm seven hours. <laughs> I know. And that, I, it's killing me. Like I want you here. I know. Um, so now we're going to wait until uh, after the first of the year with, you know, the holidays, people's schedules are, are crazy. Yeah. Uh, so once the holidays are over, uh, our goal is to have uh, the complete, a uh, proper full-length trailer shot before we launch our Indiegogo on February the 7th. Um, so we're, we're getting there. Oh, please, please send me the trailer so I can do another review video for it, because that will be oh, fun. You're going to be the first person that gets it. Yep. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait for that. That will be fun. You're the first. I can't tell you how much fun I had with that. Like Once once I did it the first time, I was like, oh, shit, I got to do this again. I, mean, I got to think of <laughs> other indie horror movies to do this for. And I'm going yeah. to keep doing it for them. I'm going to do some bigger budget horror movies here and there. But more so, the indie horror scene is, like, my thing for that, especially, just because everybody's more appreciative of it, too. And it's just, I don't know, the, I love the energy from those movies. Mm-hmm. It, for me, in the indie part of it, it's um, you, you have in your mind um, what you want your cast to be. Mm-hmm. But when you finally get face-to-face, you do script reads 
that you have the freedom to allow a cast member to um, improvise or we can go back and change parts of a script because we think that let's reword this or let's, let's try this a different way. And I, I don't think you get that a lot in mainstream because people get so focused on the script and it's locked in and that's how it has to be. So that's also another reason why I love the indie side of things because you have that freedom to, to freeform and to change or improvise. And, um, and I think that again, with the cast that we have, they would also embrace that. And, and we are all, this group is very creative so we could be sitting at the table for the script read and Mia could say, hey, what if what if I do this or what if I do that? And it, it could be a light bulb that could go off in my head, Josh's head. And, you know, you know what? That's fucking perfect. Uh-huh. Yes, do that. And I, I love that aspect. Yeah, that's another, that's another favorite aspect of mine, too. It's I, just. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, oh, go ahead. All right, I'll go. <laughs> no, I was gonna say it's going back to the campaigns. As a fan of the indie horror scene and horror movies in general, I think one big thing. I'm gonna speak for all the horror fans. I'm not gonna just speak for myself. If I'm wrong, so what? But I love how with the with the campaigns, you know, 25 bucks, you can get a Blu-ray or whatever the case may be, and get your name in the credits. Like just making fans a part of something yeah, makes man. fans want to back that even more. Cause it's like, hey. 10 bucks, I can at least have my name in the credits. That's awesome. I would never thought that that would happen to you in my life. So that right there means a whole lot to me as a fan. And I'm a collector, so I feel like if, again, this is if you have the finance, you know, if you can afford it or whatever. I feel like I have to, I'm like, I have to back this. I have to get the Blu-ray at least. I have to get the movie. I can't just get my name. I need both, but I need the movie. I need the hard copy. And I just love it. I'm I'm one of those people that, like, I need the fucking shirts. (laughs) See, I... I love the shirt. I'm a shirt collector too. I love the shirts. Yeah. But I'm like, I need the fucking apparel, man. I'm like, I, I, I want to watch this movie again, though. Like, I want to be able to watch the movie whenever I want to. And I, I know sh- personally that I'm, <laughs> I'm going to back the, the, the crowdfunding by ordering like 10 shirts and just giving them away to my friends because I know they all want them. See, that's awesome right there. Mm hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. And I wear a 2X. That's just not something that you get um, in in other... I've I've been a part of several campaigns, and when, like you were saying, when you can bring in a fan, maybe they could... A perk is they can actually be the killer in one scene. Or, you know, different aspects like that. It's when your fans are the most important thing, especially the indie part of it, because that's, what's going to help you get that film made. So any, any opportunity that you can have them involved and we have, we've went through, we've put together uh, the perks that we want to offer. And we're doing so many different tiers because we want to make it affordable for everybody. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and 
that's another thing too, is that, you know, you might have someone out there who wants to support it, but can't afford a hundred dollars to get an associate producer credit or have a, a small role in the film or stuff like that. So that's why we are doing several different tiers to make it approachable for everybody across the board. I like that. I like that a lot. <clears throat> it definitely, yeah, that, it's fair for everybody with something like that. Cause again, there's times where it happens with everybody. You just don't have the, you don't have the extra money to spend on something that you don't necessarily need. You just want it. And like, Oh damn it. I can't, I can't get this right now. Exactly. And, and we intentionally had decided to wait till after the first of the year to do this, to launch our, our campaign, because of course with the holidays and stuff right now, I mean, it's people are, are worried about that kind of thing and they're strapped for cash or whatever the case may be. So we intentionally decided to wait till after the first of the year. So it's not really interfering with the holidays and, and so forth. That's good. That's good. And I'm just, I'm, I'm already thinking about this freaking trailer. I have no idea what's going to happen in it, but I'm excited for it already. Like right now. It needs to come out like tomorrow so I can do something for it. I love, <laughs> I love the anticipation you have for this movie. Honest to God, I love it. I adore it. Mm-hmm. It's just, this is hands down my favorite genre. And then I just, I love communicating with people in this, in this genre. Everybody is so freaking friendly and just so respectful. I'm like, well, I cannot. I cannot not back something like that when I feel that positive energy from people. I'm like, I, I have to at least, I back it any way I can, whether it's just promoting or, again, backing it financially if I can, whatever the case may be. And with something like this, like with you guys, with your positive energy, and then just, for me, that was so big. When I've gotten so many comments from you two alone just how much you enjoyed the video <laughs> I did, and that right there means a lot. I'm like, that's freaking awesome. Now I really want to see what's going to happen with this. We can't wait. I mean, you can always come and stay at Red Summer. I already told you guys, it looked good from the beginning, but once I seen you tied up on the table bloody, I don't want to end up like that. <laughs> See, you never know, you might like it. You you could be the final guy. Yeah, the final guy. See, now that, 100%. That would be nice. <laughs> the final guy. I know that when we're filming, though. I'm going to be thinking about you the whole time, for sure. I'm going to be like, what would Aaron think? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to be enjoying it. I'll just think he'd enjoy it, or he. I think I'd enjoy it, because I, I know I'm going to. I know for a fact I'm going to. I think without a doubt. I think, uh, I think all of us collectively, especially Josh and Whitney, Josh is... I've never seen somebody who has so much love, respect, and passion for for making movies and, and, and horror in general. So I and the best thing about it is it's a horror movie made by horror fans. So yes. I think that especially with Josh and all of us being horror fans, that it won't be a disappointment. I I feel that in my gut a hundred percent. I trust Josh and Whitney and Zach one thousand percent with this film. See so that means the world to us um, when when our cast members have that faith that we are creating something very different but also magical at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that, again, for me, that is 
you know, to have that come from someone that I've never really met, it's, it means the world to me. And Aww. that's why I do what I do. Um, so we're, we are very fortunate and, and thankful to have everyone on board that we have. See, that's the stuff I love to hear, too. Back to when you were just saying about as far as this movie, this horror movie is being made by horror fans. That's, like, the most mm-hmm. important thing right there because, again, yeah. with the Hollywood movies, again, like I said, not all They're not all horror fans. They're in it for the yeah. money. I'm, I'm sure there is some horror fans involved in the movie. I'm not going to say for the whole cast, but with these type well, of indie films, I'm like, you have to be a, horror, a fan of this genre to want to be in this because... You may or may not be getting paid, and a lot of people, you know, they're not cool with that always, so it's like, yeah, you might as well go after your passion. That's my issue with newer Hollywood horror. I'd say everything post, post-2000s, post-Scream. The issue with that is, I don't believe that there is that passion for the project and love for the project behind Hollywood horror films, unless it's completely original. Mm-hmm. Um they're just like, hey, we'll just pump this shit they've seen 15,000 times in different movies down their throats again, and they'll love it. Horror makes money, so let's just do that. So they have the typical jump scares, mm-hmm. the typical blonde bimbo running around butt naked, getting butchered, and it's like, we've seen this happen before. It, mm-hmm. New horror, Hollywood horror, is so predictable. There's no element of surprise. You can see everything coming from a mile away. You you can tell who the killer is. You can tell who's about to die. You can tell when there's going to be a fake jump scare and then a real jump scare. It's yeah. just I've I haven't watched many new horror films besides um, Ready or Not, and um, I appreciated Ready or Not because it was so different. It was so. It was so fun. It was so campy. It was it was original. It wasn't something that we've all seen done over a million times. I think for me, the most recent ones that I've seen that are very different out of the box would be Hereditary and Midsummer. Midsummer was great, but I did not like Hereditary. I like I Hereditary for the the dark factor in it. Um, yeah, it was very dark. I'll give it that. Yeah, and then Midsummer was completely opposite. It was uh-huh. bright, and, and the cinematography in both of those movies are amazing, like, hands down, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. That's one 100%. thing. That's one thing I'm really loving about the indie scene is the cinematography is freaking amazing, and I'm just like, wow, yeah. that's mm-hmm. that's that that's really important to me. I mean, I I understand with the budget. You know, it can only be so good, but I'm just like, wow, this is beyond my expectations. I really want to see what the hell's going to happen next. And then the yeah, story. That's where Josh is, his vision of what this movie is going to be. There's not a doubt in my mind that the cinematography in this is going to match like Hereditary Midsummer because the vision that he has given Zach and I, I mean, it's, it's there. So that again, like it, it gave me chills when we were talking about it the other night and I'm, I could just see it in my head, just especially the time of year that we're going to be shooting it. Um, everything is working in our favor. So it, it's all just 
fallen into place. And, and I know that there's going to be hiccups. You're going to have hiccups. That's with anything. But again, with the team that we have, we've got the flexibility and the people to get through this and make uh, an absolute fantastic movie at the end of the day that everybody in horror will enjoy. I can't wait. That's what I like to hear. I got another, I got another question for you guys. Um, for someone that's like up and coming is I'll just stick with the horror genre as far as actor, actress, director, producer, what's some advice you would give them? If it's they haven't done it before, they want to do it. I would say the biggest thing for me, and I know it's going to sound crazy, and it's going to sound like so cliche, but the energy you put out into the universe will come back to you. I never thought in a million years I'd ever even be asked to do a horror film, even though it was my dream since I've been little. But I just kept putting that energy out there and that thought out there. And eventually it came back to me. Josh approached me a couple months ago about a film that he was going to do, which he's holding off on now. And then it led to this. And it's really just all about resilience, passion, accepting rejection, Mm -hmm. taking that rejection, having it light a fire under your ass and pushing you to do better than before. That's all I can say about it. It's really about the person, the passion, and your mentality. And I would to add, I'd agree one hundred percent. And I would like to add to the to that is you. A lot of people can't, especially if if some if you haven't done anything. They come in, and it's it's few and far between where for a, food, a first movie that you're in that you land a main role. Mm-hmm. You have that expectation, and that's what you want, but... But it's not it's, always like that. No, you, you start off as an extra or uh-huh. a third extra um, or even just a smaller role, and a lot of people come into auditions and think that they're going to get that main role. And when they don't get it, they either get pissed off, which, I mean, it's a natural feeling. But like what Mia said, you have to take the constructive criticism that's given back and, and use it and make yourself better so you can go into the next audition and do exactly what you need to do to get and, a bigger role. Yeah, and I and I relate to that 1,000%. Uh, over the summer when I auditioned for The Craft and I didn't get the lead role of one of the witches, I was fucking devastated. I was, like, crying. I was like, I'm quitting acting. I'm, I'm never going to go anywhere. It's never going to happen. This is, this is an unrealistic expectation I have for myself. And Josh was actually one of the people who talked to me. He was mm-hmm. like, You're, and, and, and it was the common consensus among everybody. It was a huge film, huge Hollywood film. You were personally asked to audition for it. That should be enough for you. And I realized somebody at Blumhouse saw me. and was like, hey, can you read for this part? Even though I'm a nobody right now. 
like no one knows who I am. They know who I am. So that enough, that was enough for me to keep Mm -hmm. on going. If somebody there saw something in me, then somebody else will definitely see the same thing in me. And I cannot let one defeat destroy my next victory. Exactly. I like that answer. And I wouldn't even look at it as a defeat. You can just look at it. Maybe that, that role, that part just wasn't the right time for you. Yeah. And, and I, personally, I don't think it was right for me. And and to the woman who got it, I know her. She's beautiful. She's amazing. And I, I think she's going to fucking kill it. She totally deserved it more than I did. And that's okay. That's what happens in this industry. And you can't let it destroy friendships or make you hold a grudge. Because as one door closes, a million other ones open. I mean, I got a, I got a lead role in, in this film with amazing people. And I'm eternally grateful for that. See, that's awesome right there. And it's a good start, though. It's a great start. And who knows? Maybe they'll call you back one day for another movie that they're doing. And then it'll be up to you. The cards will be in your hands then. Like, well, Uh uh, I don't know if I'm interested anymore. (laughs) Yeah. I aspire to be that petty bitch that's like, "Eh, no. (laughs) I wouldn't wouldn't even say it, like, as far as being petty in a sense. Like, I just look at it like, um, I'll say this. for, For example, like, for me. People I have on my podcast, if there's ones that ignore it or kind of just say no. Now, say if I was to get bigger and they come back later and want to come on, I'll let them come on. But they would come on after all the other ones that had no problem coming on, no issues. Yeah. Hey, like, I'll come on. This, that, and the third. Okay, but I'll let you come on. Cool. That's fine and dandy. I won't be petty about it. But yeah. you'll be at the back of the line. These people that supported me from day one yeah. that had yeah. no issues coming on. Now, again, if you have to cancel because of family and all that, I get it. But if you're just like, no, I don't want to come on, whatever. And then yeah. you see the numbers growing, like, oh, yeah. I about that. I want to come. Okay, well, get in the back of the I line. You can wait. You I can feel wait. That on a very personal level. Yeah, and in this industry, and it's it's a lesson that I've learned over the years is that you have to remain humble, and yes. what what wasn't right for you today, there's a reason for that, Why? and and I I'm, believe that one hundred percent. Everything happens for a reason. Exactly. There's a time and a place. For everything that happens, and it, it, at the time, it's hard to to say that and to realize that. But as as the days go by, it it finally hits you, and you're like, "That's the reason." And another, something else comes along, and and that's what you take, and that could open a hundred more doors where the other one might have only opened one. Yeah. Like for instance, I I could have gotten the role in the craft. I could have bombed it. I could have done terrible, but, and, and I also wouldn't be able to work on this movie and I wouldn't be able to work on this movie with such a lovely, amazing cast of talented people. And I would, I would rather do an indie film with people I'm comfortable with who make me feel loved and welcomed Mm -hmm. for my first film rather than some big Hollywood production where everyone's in fucking trailers and on their phones and, and there's no, there's no connection. I, I would 100% rather do indie over Hollywood any day. I agree. Mm-hmm. I could say, I mean, again, it's different with podcasting, but just as far as like a lot of people with networks and all that. Now, I'm not saying I don't know the ins and outs of networks too much, but my biggest thing is I think of um, I listen to other podcast, all, all types of podcasts, not just horror. But I listen to other podcasts like about music and all this stuff and how like these amazing musicians pretty much sell their rights just to get that mm-hmm. big record deal. And I'm just thinking about yeah. my podcast. I'm like, I would never join a network that's going to tell me, like, look, we pretty much own your podcast, but we're going to give you this much money. I'm like, no, you you don't mm-hmm. do any of the work I do to 
get this. So yeah. no. Now, but then wanna... also at that point, it's not it's not yours. It's not personal. Exactly. It's not special to you anymore. It's just a check to somebody else who's telling you what to do. And not only that, I look at it as if, say they're saying, okay, we're going to give you X amount of dollars, but we want to own this. I'm thinking, well, if you guys are going to give me this kind of money, you feel like it's worth this kind of money that you're going to pay me, it must be worth a hell of a lot more if you want to own to the you. rights to this. Yeah. So, no, that wouldn't happen. Yeah, 1,000%. Now I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not saying I wouldn't take a check for something, but it would be more for <laughs> it would be more for ads. As far as ownership of my uh-huh. work, that's never gonna happen. But as far as like you know they want to do some ads on this or put me on a network where I get paid and I own and do pretty much my podcast is what I do now. What I do it when I want to, how I want to, and all that you stuff. You have the freedom and the flexibility exactly. to do it your way. Exactly, and that's yeah. the way it would stay. Oh well, we got a producer for you. My brother's already been a producer, so. That's going to stay that way, too. And yeah, yeah. he also has to get a cut. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm more about, like, the people that came up with me instead of just, like, okay, well, I made it by everybody else. Like, no, these, uh-huh. I didn't do this by myself. Nobody does anything by themselves, and I think people kind of forget that. And I'm, I'm a believer in, um, you know, if, if you're in a movie that I'm producing mm-hmm. and you come on and, and do a stellar job, I'm going to bring you back. Oh, yeah. There's there's no question in my mind, and I'm, I'm a firm believer in um, you have, like Mia said, you have to have that connection, and it has to be right. And if everyone, you know, does their part and what's expected and you kill it, then you can bet your ass in my next script, I will make sure that I take care of you. You know, you supported and you believed in my project. So I'm going to make sure that I give that back and and bring you, bring you along for the rest of my journey Mm -hmm. in her industry. Look at Rob Zombie. Look at Quentin Tarantino. Look at the American Horror Story crew. They, it's all the same people playing different characters in different movies. And I think that's what makes them so successful. It's seeing people we already know and that we love. And they also have that connection and familiarity with each other on set. So they just get together and make something totally kick-ass. And I think, I think that's really important. And it's not a forced, I think it's so easy to be on screen where you're forcing something happen behind the camera. And, you know, if it's not there, it's not there. Mm -hmm. And it's come across if it's forced on screen. And I avoid that at all costs. I want you from the minute you step on set to feel 100% comfortable, at ease, if you have any concerns or or anything like I will go out of my way above and beyond to make sure that you're taken care of um you know one of my things is before we start it and we start filming it's going to be a grueling process because we have a certain time frame that we have to do this and we have everybody's availability so I make sure before we start like as far as food and all that stuff goes, you know, are, are you vegan? Are you, do you have any kind of limitations? I look out for everybody 
And that's the least I could do, in my opinion, when I know that you're coming to be a part of my film and we have that connection already. I'm going to make sure that you're taken care of in every way that I have possible. Can I tell you a little secret? Well, it's not going to be a secret after this airs, but um, (laughs) I ordered gifts for everybody on set. So um, like the people that I know of so far. So if there's any more, uh, I'd love to know so I can get them a gift too. I'm getting little, um, little Swiss army, like camping knives, like the little multi-tools and it's going to have red summer massacre engraved in it. So everyone gets a little gift. Well, we already, we had a converse, me and I had a conversation last night and she and I have already decided that after we're done, we're getting matching red summer massacre. 1000%. 1000%. That's going to happen. That's so awesome. (laughs) And if anybody else involved in the movie wants to jump on, then (laughs) we'll all go together. (laughs) That's awesome. That's so nice of you too. Getting them the little, the little Swiss Army pocket knife saying "Red Summer Massacre." Yeah. That's so cool. I think it's so cute and so so cool to have have a little trinket besides the film itself to remember the the process and the journey by. I think it's a, a very important bonding thing as well. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I, I think for us too is that once we are we're wrapped and we're in the the editing process or whatever um being at conventions with each other to promote this film is also going to be another priceless experience for a lot of us so excited for that let me tell you (laughs) and that to me that's the fun part we've put in the hard work that's where we can begin our celebration yeah, uh, and, and appreciate everything that the, that the hard work that everyone has done at that point, and we can sit back and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. That's something I would love to go to. If I'm able to go to it to one of the conventions you guys are at, I'm definitely going to go, and I know my wife would love to go to something like that because we're yeah, all about we those. Will, we will make sure. Um, we have a couple that we're looking at right now. Um, but as soon as we nail down the ones that we're going to do, um, definitely, then I will definitely, I will make sure that, you know, awesome. Awesome. Cause those, I freaking love those things. I actually started, what was it last year? Not this past October, but the one before that was the first year of my podcast and I brought it to a convention and it was such an amazing experience. I brought it again to the same convention this year and on the way to, it's called Scaricon, by the way. On the way to that convention, a friend of mine sends me a message on Facebook. He's like, hey, Aaron, there's a convention in December. It ended up getting postponed till February now, Wicked Weekend. He was like, hey, would you want to go? I can hook you up with a table. He's like, I recommend you get VIP, but I can definitely hook up you with a table for your podcast. And I told my wife, and she was like, yeah, we should go. So I get invited to that convention. On the way to a convention, and then at this convention at Scaricon, I got invited to another convention next October. It's a smaller convention, but I'm like, hell yeah, I'll go. Bring the podcast. And I, I can't freaking wait. There's one convention that I, I, I really, really, really want to check out. I, I've done I've done Monster Mania. I've done New Jersey HorrorCon. I haven't really ventured out into to like the Midwest and Southern conventions where I know a lot of them are very big. Mm-hmm. But there's a really like new small convention called Pop Shock and Rock convention, I believe. Yeah. Uh, my friend Scott Hewitt, 
my good friend Scott Hewitt runs it. Um, very, very sweet, loving, supportive, coolest dude I've ever met in my life. So I think I definitely want to check out his convention. Oh, nice. Yeah, Texas Frightmare is another one. Um, there there are so many good conventions. Um, I'm like me, a Monster Mania, Jersey mm-hmm. Horror. Uh, Scares That Care, that's one that we always do because we believe in the calls. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there, there are really good conventions that support the indie community, and, and that is what our focus is when we're looking at those, but um, I I have the most fun when we go because you know it's it you know when you are at a table you're assigned you know for certain hours of the day mm-hmm. it it's always fun I can't say that I've ever been to a convention and didn't enjoy the experience so. Yeah, the one only I- experience I didn't like was Monster Mania last year in August when the hotel oh. was 98 fucking degrees and you're elbow to elbow with people and there's just sweat everywhere. It was terrible. The one that we went to, which was March, I believe, two years ago, they, because uh, John Carpenter was there, it was insane. But there were too many people in the hotel and the fire code, the fire marshals came in because it was too many people in there. They oversold the tickets. It was crazy. Like even if you were staying in that hotel, not having any part of the convention, you couldn't even get in because the fire marshal came in and they were like, until people leave, we can't let any more in. Wow. It was crazy. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. the, The one that I go to, the one that I frequent a lot is Scaricon. And I, I've been going for the past few years, and I just found out, I think at the, either this past con or the one before, I forgot, that they do film festivals there. And I was like, really? Yeah, <laughs> I, they this do, is they news do to film me. festivals at Monster Mania, too. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. Yeah, Jersey, Jersey Horror Con usually does film festivals, too. Which I think is just awesome. I'm like, okay, cool, cool. I got And I, I always miss Summer it. Massacre to get there. I would love it. Yeah. I would love it. I and I always miss them because like with um with Scarecon they want you to do cause, because with the podcasters because it's media they let you get in free they give you a table for free which is awesome to me mm-hmm. but they want you to do the panels they want you to moderate the panels which is again yeah. awesome but then I also missed like all the freaking all those movies I wanted to watch the film fest I missed every single one because I was on a panel mm-hmm. the experience is always great though because you get people sitting in there listening you know listen to the panel and then. I get more people to check out the podcast with that, but I'm hoping by so next time. To do a panel. Oh, it's oh, it's it's so freaking panels fun. Are fun, yeah. Are they? They're fun. Yeah, I'm such a I'm laid back and and they just ask general, you know, there's uh-huh. questions about it, but they're fun. Um, My issue is that I'm a, I'm a very um, nervous, anxious, overthinking person. So, like, even like the the first ten minutes of this podcast, I was a little nervous. But um, it's it's so stupid. Uh, but uh, I'll I'll warm up. I'll get comfortable, and then it'll all go away and be so natural. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it would just be crazy to sit in front of a room full of people who are just staring at you, who love but what the, you. Do. Yeah, that's the thing about it is that they're there because they loved what you put out, and mm-hmm. they really just they're genuine, and they just want to know like. 
they'll ask, you know, can you give us like some funny behind the scenes stuff and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what they're there to do. It's uh-huh. you know, not really technical and it's, it's very casual, at least everyone I've ever been with. It's, it's just very laid back and yeah. expect, you know, the moderators make it that way. Uh-huh. It, it is. So. And like this, like this past October, my brother was on the panel. So he came out from, um, Colorado, him and his wife moved there about two years ago now. So he came out from Colorado to come hang out with the, at the con and stuff. And we were, we had like eight or nine different panels, I believe, that weekend. And there were some where we were on separate panels. Like we had to, you know, he had to do one, I had to do one. And we, I gave him um, the Sleepaway Camp panel with Felissa Rose, and I gave him the Terrifier panel with the Terrifier cast. And okay. I, I just, I told him, I was like, look, these are you. I was like, you're doing them by yourself. I was like, I'm on another yeah. panel over here. And it was his first time being on a panel. I but would be so scared. <laughs> he, 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 like, I got to watch, um, I got to watch the Sleepboy Camp one, the Terrifier panel. I was on another panel at the time. But the, mm-hmm. the Sleepboy Camp one, I got to watch that. He did a good job. He enjoyed it. And I told him, I was like, I had to throw you in the deep end, man. I was like, because just, just in case we do this again <laughs> and you come out again. But he did a real good job. And at the, the cool thing about the Terrifier panel is, I'm not sure if you guys heard or not, but Felissa Rose is going to be in the movie, and that's when they announced it. Is that yeah. the? Is that's when they yeah. announced it to the public, which was I thought that was cool. So he got to be and a part Felissa of that. Glenn, right? Say that again. Uh, Felissa uh, and Samantha Glenn from uh, Halloween Five. They're both going to be in that, right? Yeah, but they didn't announce. They didn't announce. Um, they only announced Felissa Rose because she was at the con uh-huh. that night, which I again I thought that was so cool and. That was. By the way, Sammy is a fucking sweetheart. I'm friends with her on Facebook, and she is just the cutest thing ever. <laughs> Felissa is a lot of fun. She oh, likes yes. to hang out. She likes yes. to, you know, have some drinks. Yes. She is probably one of the most down to earth people I have ever met. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jonathan Tiersten, yes. who is a very good friend of mine, as you probably saw in the picture, mm-hmm. we talk often. Um, he is, and when those two get together, hilarious! It is, it's it's just like a, it's a party. Um, oh God! I hope that's what we could be. There's so much fun. Um, but Felissa is she's a sweetheart as as well, and Tiffany Sheepis. Um, she is always at the Jersey HorrorCon since they do them twice a year. She is a regular okay. at that convention. Um, she's actually right now in Brett Mullen, who I talked about earlier, his new movie that he's producing. Um, she's she's a lot of fun, and she is built like a brick shit house. Like she is stacked. Um, <laughs> oh God. She's like one of my girl crushes. Every time I see her, I'm just I get like googly eyes. So, <laughs> are you talking about little old me? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're one of my girl crushes too. Oh, Wendy. That's awesome. I just, I just like again. I can't wait for this movie. Hope like I really do hope we all get to meet up at some cons. Though. That would be a yeah, really fun time. I would time. love that. That would be so fucking cool. Yes. And I bring my, like I said, now I bring my podcast, get a table and bring it all the time. This past con, I wasn't able, I wasn't able to be at my table much at all. But I know the one con in October, there's no panels, and I know the one con actually coming up in February, I don't have to be on any panels. So 
Hopefully, I well, get some great content. Well, even if we don't, you know, at the point where we're not um, promoting the film, if we're not there, like, we could always try to meet up, so. Yeah, oh, sure. either way. Or, I'd be so down for that. Yep. Either or. I'd be down for both. I'm just trying to get Whitney's ass to come to New Jersey as soon as possible so we can have a girls' night. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You need to get to New Jersey, Whitney, so you can have a girls' night. Yes, I know. Um, in March, where uh, Monster Mania, David Harbour is going to be there, and that's like, ooh, yeah. March is my birthday too. Birthday. Oh, well, then we, I have to yeah. come. Yeah, you have to come, David Harbour. My birthday. We can go to Monster Mania, get trashed, and just stare at David Harbour and make him feel weird. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just stand there, googly eyes, drool, and like. Fine. You don't have to convince me any further. That's that's so funny what you just said, and it sounds way less creepy than it would coming out of you know guys talking about a female in that same way, even joking or not. But that same way, people would be like, "All right, what what's wrong with these two assholes over here? Get them out of here." But for girls, it's just like, "Oh, that's that's cute. It's just females looking at this guy drooling. That's cute." But for us, it'd be like, "All right, call the police. I don't like where this is going." I would be like, you could leave Lily Allen now, David. <laughs> you can come with us. You can come with me and Nia. Two for one. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I love it. And this is why I do this podcast, for content like this. Oh, yeah, there you go. I'm, I'm an open book, so I will say I have no filter either. So I... I I well, really don't have a filter, and it gets me into trouble a lot. Me too. I just say what I think, and then it is what it is. I have no qualms about. Wouldn't you rather someone be genuine than just like pussyfooting around the bush, not saying what they want to say? Like, yeah, just say it. Especially, I mean, that's yeah, that's definitely. My behavior all the time, but especially at a convention, if there's somebody there that you know, I really like or whatever the case may be i i have no problem going up and being like look you're fucking hot here's the thing kane hotter (laughs) you're fucking hot (laughs) and again those those words have come out of my mouth more than once again for us guys we have to word that way different like even us saying, "Oh, well, she looks nice." I'm like, "Oh, what are you looking at, a wreck?" No, God, forget it. <laughs> this is why we don't. This is why we don't say anything. Speaking of uh, conventions and going up to people you admire, the first time I met Bill Mosley, I I didn't know what kind of reaction I was gonna have. So I walk up to his table. I'm next in line. My heart starts racing. My face is getting flushed because it's like. Somebody that you love and you see in your favorite movies is is inches mm-hmm. away from you. So I walk up to the table, eyes wide open, my hands are like trembling, and I'm like, uh, so are you tired? You've been doing this all day. You must be tired. He's like, uh, no. I, I'm actually drinking a coffee. And, he, and I was like, oh, oh, yeah. Did you eat anything? <laughs> it was so fucking weird. Oh, that's hilarious. That's awesome, so embarrassing. Though. And I was trying I to take a picture me, with him. I, from the time I was 14, um, 
I had an obsession with back in the, you know, it was hair metal, Motley Crue, blah, blah, blah. And I was 14 years old on the Motley Crue tour bus with Nikki Six. So oh I, I developed um, my confidence over the years. So it, uh, <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> I, I have no problem going up to anybody and just saying what I think, which is um, the one picture that you guys saw with Kane and Jonathan and Michael Rooker. Yeah, what happened uh, there, Whitney? Yeah, what happened? <laughs> I'll tell you the story. <laughs> does this need to be off the record, or is this is this cool for the, the podcast? This is cool for the podcast. Okay. Yeah. Um, this was at a convention that used to be held in Virginia Beach, and it was called Blood at the Beach. Mm-hmm. Um, and this point, I was just there um, with my friend, and the trick that I've learned is that even as a vendor or whatever, we always go the night before because it's that's kind of like your one night that you get to chill out before the craziness starts. Um, so we had gotten there on Thursday. We were going down to the bar and we're sitting there and Jonathan and Kane were already there. So Kane Hodder turns around and looks at us and he said, oh, y'all need to come over here. So we're sitting at the bar um, and I had to go to the restroom and it was this weird maze to get back there. So I'm the only one in the restroom and all of a sudden I heard a knock on the door and I heard Whitney and I'm like, who the fuck is this? I'm in here by myself back at the back of this hotel. I'm like, who the fuck is this? And I was at the point, I was like, should I even come out of here? So he keeps knocking on the door, and he keeps calling my name. So finally, I come out, and I see it. It's Kane. <laughs> and we're laughing, and, and we go back to the bar. Well, at this point, it was getting pretty crowded because guests were coming in and whatnot. So we're sitting there. So the next thing I know, my foot goes on his lap, and he had taken off my shoe, and he was rubbing my feet. And I'm like... Oh. Who can who can say that they're sitting in a bar with Kane Hodder giving you a foot massage? Fuck you! I'm so jealous. I'm not gonna say I'm, I'm not gonna say I'm jealous of that, but that is pretty cool. I probably wouldn't brag only, about it. I've only had two two things kind of happen to me, kind of like that. Now I'm not as calm and cool and sultry as and collective as Whitney is. <laughs> I can't help but fangirl. Um, <laughs> I was outside Monster Mania. It was like mid-March. We had just had a snowstorm, freezing fucking cold, nighttime. I'm out back smoking by the VIP room where they where they come out and go in. Mm-hmm. And that was when I was smoking cigarettes. I quit smoking, by the way. It's been a year and a half. Good job. Um, <laughs> uh, so I'm out there smoking. And my back is turned to the door. And I, and I hear a couple footsteps coming up behind me. I'm like, whatever. I don't give a shit. I'm sitting there smoking, and all I hear is, damn, that's an iron woman right there. You must be freezing. I'm like, wait a minute. I turn around, and John Carpenter is standing there face-to-face with me. He shakes my hand, and he says, god damn, you are beautiful. And I was just... I was I, I was like, uh, 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 thank you. Thank you so much. Meanwhile, I'm standing there 
in a crop top Leonard Skinner shirt with tassels because it was cut up, a cut up mini skirt and a cowgirl hat <laughs> in the fucking snow. <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. That's awesome too. Yeah. And then and then one with Tobin Bell, same situation. We were outside smoking. He's walking by to go inside, and he looks at me, and his jaw dropped. And I was like, "Are you looking at me? Is, it, is this what I think is happening?" <laughs> So we were we were sitting there, and at this point, Ken Foray was at the bar. He was eating. Uh, and Michael Hooker had gotten there at this point. So Ken Foray was talking to me, and he was like, so did you guys drive here? And I'm like, yeah. He was like, okay, cool. He said there was a big, like a UFC fight or MMA fight or something going on that weekend, and the hotel that we were in didn't have the channel that the fight was going to be on. And he was like, what if, what if we all three go to this bar down the road where I know that they're going to be showing this fight <clears throat> on Saturday night? And I'm like, well, it's only Thursday. You know, I can't make any promises. Mm-hmm. So then we go outside and we're smoking because I was smoking at the time as well. Um so then we come back in and Michael Rooker, we're all hanging out and we shut the bar down at 2 a.m. So we go back to the hotel room. We're getting ready to crash. I hear this tiny little knock on the door. It was so faint. I, at this point, I was like getting ready to get in bed. I had on like my bra and underwear. Um, my friend goes racing to the door, opens it up and it's Michael Rooker. And I'm like, uh, first of all, how do you even know what room we're in? My friend had apparently told him oh. the room. Uh, so Michael Rooker was in our hotel room uh, until about 8 a.m. Oh, my God. So then we fast forward through all of this. And then Saturday night rolls around. And Jonathan Tierston, who also sings and does all that stuff, was doing a private gig at a bar that was across town. He was like, I really want you guys to come. My security people are going to drive you there, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wait, your security people? Like, this is crazy shit. So he was already there. The security people come in, put us in this van, take us to this bar. We're sitting there, and the guy's like, my two guys are back here. I'm going to be over here. Anytime you feel you need to get one of us, all you need to do is look at us, motion, and we will be right there. Nice. I'm like, am I in a fucking dream? Like, <laughs> that sounds dreamy. Um, and then we we came back to the VIP party, and me and Michael Berryman were dancing. <laughs> Twiggy, Marilyn Manson's bass, former bassist, was the DJ. That's so fucking cool. Crazy. That's awesome. Crazy. That is really cool. I don't have... Can I be you for a night with me? <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's pretty <laughs> awesome. Wait till we go to a convention together. Okay. <laughs> now I'm double excited. Super excited. Yeah, I definitely need to be at a convention with you guys, because that sounds like a great-ass time. I'll pull out the old Leonard Skinner shirt. There you <laughs> go. I've only got to meet Kane Hodder one time, but hilarious. So sweetheart. Kane I'm, Hodder choked me out in a picture and I was mm-hmm. living. Yes. I was there for it. I was like, oh yes. 
please. I met him. At, actually, I met him at Monster Mania a few years ago. This is when my brother. Monster Mania. Yeah, my brother couldn't make this one, so he gave me money to get some autographs for him. So I'm in. I'm oh. in Kane's line, and I'm talking about. You know, I'm texting my brother, and he calls me, and he's like, I'm asking him like, Hey, do you want a picture? Or do you want a machete signed? He's like, I want a machete signed, but I don't know what. He's like, I don't know what I want him to say on it. I was like, I don't know what you're so confused about. I was like, he had no lines. He played Jason. And he was like, oh, yeah, you're right. So there was that. <laughs> Just put uh, in asterisks, heavy breathing. <laughs> so there was that, right? And then I get to the, I get to the front of the line. And, um, you know, in Monster Mania, there's the big room, I guess you call it, in uh-huh. the back. And the you ballroom? Could, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's the doors that come in from the outside. And uh-huh. Bam Margera just happens to walk in as I'm getting to Kane Hodder, like right in front, finally. And Kane's like, can you hang on one second, please? I want to go over there and choke Bam. And that's exactly what he, <laughs> that's exactly what he did. Went over there, choked him, came back. I talked to him for a few minutes, got his autograph. Later on in the day, I'm going to use the bathroom. I'm in the one of the stalls. And I guess I'm, I'm not sure if somebody was right next to him or not, but somebody else was out of urinal and Kane was out of urinal. All I hear is Kane Hodder's voice saying, oh, nice cock. I lost my damn mind. <laughs> I started laughing. And I got, after I used the bathroom, you know, after I got the bathroom, I think the first person I called is my brother. I, t- I just told him this. And I was like, so if Kane says this to you, right, I was like, would you tell anybody? He was like, hell yeah, I'd be bragging about that. I was like, all right, I'm just, I'm just wondering. So now I'm kind of jealous of that fan. Because, <laughs> again, I don't know how close they were really staying, but still, that's just a hilarious thing right there, an awesome thing. And the other two funny moments, cool slash funny moments I had at a con that I can think of is one with my brother there. It was the first time we went to Scaracon, and he wanted to get Felissa Rose's autograph, but he was nervous. So he kept saying, okay, one more lap. He wanted to go around, get other autographs, do this, that, and the third. I couldn't, I'm not lying to you. We probably passed our table about six or seven times for finally. I was like, you know what, man? I was like, Henry, cut this shit out. We're looking like stalkers now. We're getting her <laughs> autograph right now. You have to get her autograph right now. It's like, all right, so we get her, and everything that. went, everything went smooth after that. And I met. Um, it's, all, it's all about the first, you know. You yeah. see, you get the confidence built up, and then once, uh-huh. once there, then that's oh, yeah. it. But yeah, I just like from the, it's crazy, but just I guess from the crazy past life that I've lived, um, I it's like I turn into somebody different like I just the confidence level goes through the roof and I I just walk in and I'm like I command the room that's how you guys I know I know a lot of people can't say this uh and it's it's a pretty funny it's like a very short but funny cute story uh so everyone knows who Ken Kersinger is right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I was at Monster Mania I paid for the VIP but I went by myself and it was my first con so it was like a little little reclusive just sitting in the corner getting fucking hammered just drinking uh ken kersinger comes up to me and we were talking and he's like what are you drinking i'm like a yingling so he went and got me another one and we just talked about the movie and we talked about like acting and all that stuff and then the next thing i know me and him are on the dance floor together doing the cotton (laughs) joe drunk as hell it was (laughs) the best moment of my life like who can say hey i did the cotton eye joe with ken kersinger there you go I got to meet uh, Ken Sagos two years ago now, I think. Same year my brother moved, Ken Sagos came to the Scaracon. And this guy's freaking awesome, hilarious, really nice, humble guy. And, like, uh, I went to his table, got his autograph. My brother wanted his autograph, so I got his autograph for him, put it to the side. 
And I was just j- talking with him. We started joking around through that whole weekend to the point where he'd just, hey, Aaron, come over to my table. Come hang out with me. And I'd, I'd be standing behind his table where he's, you know, signing autographs to people. Me and him are just going back and forth, having people cracking up. So later in that day, I want to say it was, I don't know if it was the Friday or the Saturday, but either way, later in the day, I was talking to him. I was like, hey, man, I was like, uh, I'm here. I have a podcast, this, that, and the third. And I was explaining to him what a podcast is. And he's like, well, where's your table? At? He's like, where is it? And I told him where it was. He's like, well, give me about 20 minutes, and then I'll come over there, and I can hang out for about a half hour. And that right there was just an awesome moment for me because I'm like, he took time out of his day where he signed autographs, making money to come, spend some time with me, talk some horror for about, a, I think it was about a 20 minutes to a half hour, and then went back to his table. And I was like, that was, that was so cool. I ended up buying him some fried chicken that weekend. I, I, that, was, that was just a great moment for me. That was like the icing on the cake. And on top of that, he, again, because like I said, my brother couldn't be there. He was out in Colorado. My wife was like, hey, she's like, my brother-in-law. She was like, is there any way you can call him on the phone and talk to him for a few minutes because he couldn't make it? And he was like, yeah, of course. So on my brother's 15-minute break, I just gave him, I called my brother's phone and just gave, gave or sorry, Kincaid the phone. And he talked to him. And my brother was so appreciative of it. But my wife was there standing at the, when I got the phone back. So I couldn't steal the credit like I usually do. I was like, yeah, I was like, I can't even steal the credit this time. This was all her. But he was, he still thanks me to this day about that, which was just an awesome moment for him. I, I, some of my best memories are just being at cons and hanging out. And um, I've, I've never really had a bad experience at any of them as far as the celebrities that are there. Everybody mm-hmm. has always been just, so down to earth and and chill. I would say that for the most part. Same and here. forgive me for saying this. You're going out. I can't hear you. Oh, I was I was just saying when I, when I met Linda Blair, mm-hmm. she was a a fucking nightmare. She did not want to be there. Oh, that's the worst. She hated every minute of it. That's she was like, "What's worst. your name?" Oh yeah, what do you want me to say on this? I'm like, uh, just sign it, please. Yeah, see, and with stuff like I hate stuff like that because it's like I come here. I understand you might be tired or whatever the case may be, or having a bad yeah. day. But I come here to meet you and spend my hard-earned money to get your autograph for you to act like that. It makes yeah, me not even it want it. Not. It was. It was a very. Um, I was shocked. Yeah. I, that's the best word to explain it. I was just shell-shocked i was like wow i don't even can i get my money back (laughs) like yeah Yeah, i know like i i have i want to say three maybe four of uh felissa rose's autograph and it's not just because the way she looks like i i am a fan of her but she's just such a sweet genuine genuine person it's like why not get this sign i I have this why not get this sign just because there's certain people, so just because they're so... Yeah, she is. <laughs> There's certain people that are just <laughs> so freaking nice, and it's like, I don't mind seeing these people at the same time mm-hmm. every single year because they're so freaking friendly, and they make yeah. you want to come back every year versus someone who acts like they don't want to be there or they're too big for it. I'm like, well, fuck it, leave. Yeah. And, and they recognize you. Yes. You know? Yeah, they do. They know who you are, and that is also makes for a very positive experience when... They know who you are, and they remember you. Given all the thousands of people that they see in any given time, it to me, that stands out. Yeah, 100%. You know who's an absolute doll? Nick Castle. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, sweet as pie. Sat there and talked to me about Halloween and John Carpenter and, and his cat for an hour. And he signed a bunch of stuff for free. I didn't even ask him. He's like, oh, hey, you want me to sign that? I'm like, of course. That's awesome. He was, oh, my God, what a gentle soul. Ari Lehman, the, the first time I met him, I actually met him out here in Albany. He was like that, too. He was real, real nice. Like, the con the con yeah. was getting ready to end. My brother and I went over there. We got um, we got Machete signed at first. And then we were just talking to him about horror in general and Friday the 13th. And he was like, we were getting ready to leave. He was like, hey, guys, come back real quick. He was like, pick a picture you guys want signed. So he signed, us, he signed the machetes for us, which I think he was charging like 20 bucks a piece at the time. Mm-hmm. But then he ended up signing a couple pictures for us and like his CD he had. He signed that for us and gave us all the rest of that stuff for free. It was like, you guys, he's like, so I can sweet. tell you guys are really big, big fans of it just by, you know, the energy you guys are bringing off. And you guys sat here and talked with me for the last half hour of the con, kept me company. So take this with you. And it was just so cool. That's so kind. Yeah. I love that. He's, That's the shit I love. He's a party guy, too. Do you like Oh, big party, party guy. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh-huh. And this this past con that we went to out in October, it was the first time we did VIP and doing the VIP party. I have to do that. From, as long as I can afford it, and this is to everybody, if you can afford it, it's worth it. Because you don't oh, get to see these people yeah, like that. A thousand percent. Perspect. Having drinks oh with them. God. Can I talk? Having so much <laughs> fun. I said that. <laughs> so much fun. I can't English. You can't English? It, this is all right. <laughs> yes, but a thousand percent. Not per spend, but per spend. If you can afford it, do it. You will yeah. not regret it. Oh, no. I'm mad. I haven't been doing it the years previous. I'm like, wow, this is what really goes on here. This is, I was like, wow. It's, mm-hmm. and they get, they get drunk. Like, I was just getting like oh, a nice. Yeah. They get hammered. I was just getting like yeah. a nice buzz just to kind of relax and just enjoy the scenery. And I did that, oh, that day. All I had that day was candy, cookies, and cupcakes. So alcohol hit me <laughs> really really quick never forget tom morga stumbling around the vip party screaming where's kane (laughs) (laughs) oh man i can't remember who it was i wish i could remember who it was i wish my brother was there he would tell me but one of them was like this was the vip party is over one of them was really drunk running up and down the hallways in the hotel knocking on doors and he happened they happened to (laughs) knock on our door whitney Yes. <laughs> where's David Harbor? Is this David yeah, Harbor? Where's David? Where is he at? Somebody tell me. So, ah, where are you? So, so they, they Whitney running down the hall in her bra and panties. <laughs> it's gonna happen. It will. It will, it will happen. <laughs> So I'm I'm standing there talking to my brother, and like I already have my sweatpants on and my shirts off, and I'm like, I want to open the door, but I don't know if it's a good idea or not. And my wife's over there, like half asleep. And I was like, if she wasn't here babysitting us, we would have probably opened that door. Just and who knows what would have happened after that. But it was Whitney it was, and Mia are standing on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait either. Oh man, these. But again, VIP is. Definitely, definitely the way to go for cons. And, oh, my gosh. I can't wait for the next one. Mm. I can't wait to start doing cons with Whitney. 100%. 100%. 100%. I should name that pod, this episode 100%. Yeah, do it. 100%. Do it. 
I'm gonna. 100% with Whitney Benson and Mia Moon. <laughs> You have to listen to it to figure gonna, out what that. We're gonna film each other as we're running around knocking on the doors. Uh-huh. <laughs> that would be knocking on the doors one hundred percent. What? Yeah, you could film. <laughs> you could film it for the podcast. We'll be screaming one hundred percent. Where's David Harbor? <laughs> I hope I remember that for the trailer, so I can say that in the trailer. The next trailer review you I do for you guys. You have to. You have to say <laughs> I. I guys, I'm one hundred percent ready for this movie. Me too. <laughs> This movie, this trailer, definitely getting you guys on again because this was a fun ass fucking time. Yeah, it was great. I've I've had so much fun. I really have enjoyed this a lot. I definitely appreciate you two coming on too. This yeah, for sure. It was our pleasure. Yeah, thank you for honor to do it. This. I mean, any you reviewing the the trailers that we had and and the feedback that you had. Um, I mean, we're we're the ones who should be thanking you for honest for to God. I'm yeah. well. I'm honored to have you two on here, and thank you for coming on here. Thank you for talking horror and nonsense with me for the past hour and a half, almost yeah, two hours. Of course. And I just, I wish you guys the best of luck with everything you guys do. Thank you so much, and and we really, from the bottom of our hearts, wish you the best of luck in anything and everything that you do. And just know that now you have two new supporters here for you. Yes. I appreciate that. We will that. come on anytime and and uh-huh. call. And I'll have you guys on any time. You guys want to talk some horror and con stuff because I know it'll be a good time again and again and yeah, again. Yeah, absolutely. I do have some final words, though, that oh. I've prepared. Okay. <laughs> 100% check us out, guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, everyone listening, I love you. <laughs> 100% she does. <laughs> Oh man, that was hilarious! Is there is there anything you guys want to plug though before we wrap it up? Or Uh, thank you to Josh Graves, obviously Whitney, uh, Zach, all the girls, everyone on Facebook, and my friends who have supported me from day one. I love you all so much, and I really couldn't have done this without you. Um, And to everyone in the future who will find me from this movie, uh, I adore you as well. One hundred (laughs) percent. Oh man, I got it. One hundred percent. Oh my god! Can we get T-shirts that say one hundred percent? I would love that. I would freaking love that. I think that's (laughs) an amazing idea. Anything you want to say, Wit? Uh, I I second what you said. The 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 support that we've had so far, we are internally grateful um we love everyone who has given us the the positive feedback and who is as anxious as we are to see everything that we're working on um and what means the most to us is that positive support and just keep watching for updates um the indiegogo that's going to be a a big thing for us so you know the support continues at that point and we love you guys 100 percent. i mean sorry 100 (laughs) percent that's so awesome and honestly seriously thank you guys both for coming on i greatly greatly appreciate it and i can't wait to have you guys on again had a great freaking time fun freaking time lots of laughs and as far as the listeners go, 
go check out the Red Summer Massacre. Join that Facebook page. Check out the trailer. Not just my review, but the trailer in general. Then check out my review. And there's going to be a lot more of that coming. Uh, listeners, I hope you know where to find me. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you should know. But if not, I'm on all the platforms you can listen to music and podcasts on. I'm also on YouTube, so definitely check me out. I have a Facebook group and a Facebook page. Please like and join those. And again, keep supporting independent horror movies 100%. And <laughs> I'm going to have to trademark that shit. Yeah. I think you got to get you got to get some shirts made. I think it would be hilarious I, I think and I awesome. Will. I think yeah. I will. It'll the shirt will be me and Whitney brom panties back to back, shoulder to shoulder <laughs> in a hotel hallway, 100%. See that that's just awesome. That's awesome. Right there. <laughs> Mic <Mike> drop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's so freaking cool. Thank you so much for having us. We had a blast. Oh Thank yeah, anytime. You. Anytime. I'm well, gonna go subscribe to the to your YouTube channel. Yeah, of course. Go subscribe to Horror with Sturdy. What are you doing? Yes. If you want to laugh and want to hear some nonsense, subscribe to that YouTube channel. Don't just sit there. Do it. Because if you don't, me and Whitney are coming to your house to knock on your door to scream 100% at you. Until you do it. Yeah, go do it. And I'm going to make you watch. subscribe button. Yes. Hit the subscribe button or watch Nicolas Cage movies and be bored to death. Yeah, go watch the fucking Wicker Man. <laughs> As you guys may or may not know, I'm not a fan of Nicolas Cage at all. I'm and not either. We uh, either. We, we we have we have a one sided beef that he doesn't know about, but he'll know about it one day. One day, a hundred percent. We're gonna make sure. I hope yeah. so. <laughs> I'll go to his fucking door right fucking now. <laughs> Just tell him to stop acting. That's all. Just listen. Yeah. You're ruining Aaron's life. Stop acting. Especially when you do horror movies because I have asshole friends that they know I don't like him. So they're like, okay, let's review this movie. I'm like, all right. But. <laughs> and he's in another horror movie that's coming up. I forgot what it's called, but I know I'm going to end up reviewing it. <laughs> Thanks, well, Nick. I will keep you in my thoughts and prayers when you do that. I appreciate that. <laughs> But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this up. Can you guys just hang around for like two minutes? Yeah, of course. Sure. Appreciate it. Okay, listeners, again, that was a fun episode. And as always, I'll see.